Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to this episode of Ask Amy. Today, joining me is the president of the Houston Better Business Bureau, the Better Business Bureau of Greater Houston, Dan Parsons. Thanks so much for talking Thank with you. us today. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, well, we're having you in because it's sort of a birthday anniversary, 100 mm -hmm. years of our chapter of the Better Business Bureau. That went quick, that 100 years. Well, actually, it didn't go quick. <laughs> but you've but been there for 40 of them. Yeah, that went quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went quick. The 100, I don't know. But um yeah, I went through some fun, some of the fun times, not the early what got us started stuff, but more of the, uh, well, if you're going to work on an organization that fights fraud, having a lot of fraud is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not good on the people that are affected, but it, it's keeps, interesting. It interesting. it keeps it interesting. Right. Okay. So, Dan, if, if pe for people who don't know, you're the president now. You started out in investigations. I was the director of investigations. And uh, I remember my boss at the time, he didn't like, goes, I don't like that word. It implies that we're, you know, like kind of under, I said, that's what we do. He goes, oh, yeah. Uh, Meaning so, like what? What did you do? I th um, This is a fun story. I started with the Bureau uh, investigating the influence of organized criminal people from the Witness Protection Program being relocated into the Houston area from the East mm -hmm. Coast. They were in timeshare. They were in business promotions. They were in telemarketing. Uh -huh. And they were professionals at bringing audiences in. They uh -huh. would, they, boiler rooms. They uh -huh. would have boiler rooms of 100 people. And they would bring in people, uh, basically gullible people to sell them stuff. Uh -huh. Land, property, sweepstakes, all sorts of uh -huh. garbage. And they were people that had really had come out of the organized crime families in the East Coast. But you're not supposed to know that because they were in the well, witness it, protection it, it program. It took a while to figure it out. Finally, uh -huh. I'm, I'm talking to people that are, you know, they're, they're crooks, uh, but they're in a new line of business. And it's like, you're not from around here. Um, and... You sound like you might be from Brooklyn. Yeah, you are. Uh, and it's like you had, a, and of course they would deny it. And uh, they got exposed for who they were. So that was a fun era. We got to work with a lot of regulators. We actually, I actually got a citation from the FBI for helping to, to, to stop, not stop alone, but work with the coalition to, to take down telemarketing fraud. It was a big, it was a big thing in the late 80s. Yeah. During the 90s. Right. Uh, and then we morphed into some other stuff, you know, uh -huh. the cyber world. You know, the joke about crooks is they're always one step ahead. Uh -huh. they're, they're always smart. I mean, th th there's, Amy, there's something about the mind of a con artist uh -huh. that makes our world interesting. Yeah. It's because they could be captains of industry. But they choose but instead. Not. Yeah, they choose to steal. Right. That's, let's call it what it is. But they do it in a way that um, it's a sizzle. Yeah. They have to do it. It's just like a DNA aberration. Well, in the Better Business Bureau, the reason that sort of um, I reach out to the Better Business Bureau anytime we're doing a story on a business, because you, you your organization usually has the backstory, mm -hmm. the, how many people have complained, um, how long they've been in business, who was listed as the owner when they started the business versus now. You can look businesses up by their phone number. So if they've changed names four times, but kept the same phone number, you know all that. We track them. Yeah. We yeah. Um, but a lot of people these days with the Google reviews and the Yelp reviews, um, I say check them all. But the interesting thing about the Better Business Bureau, uh, it's different. You were sort of the original 
place that people went to to complain. We, yeah, we were probably the first ratings and complaint service. Mm -hmm. and, and I would argue today, I'm, I'm going to sound a little bit pompous with this, I still think we're the cleanest in it in how we do it, What are, uh, having a set of standards, having a set of guidelines that we work from. That said, <clears throat> consumerism today is at its best time ever. Yeah. Now, you may not feel that with the economy and with other things. But in terms of making decisions, I'll, I'll, Amy, I'll make a statement that can mm -hmm. be the 11th commandment on the, on the stone. You should never be ripped off. That really sounds fair. Be. You should never, there's enough sources, enough ways to get information. So sometimes you're your own worst enemy. So there's some of those, those what I call quasi-competitors you mentioned, we embrace them. In other words, when you're look, you're going to hire a contractor, look at everything. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what at the end of the day, what you should look at? I'm going to point to anatomy, your gut. Uh huh. What's it in your brain? Right. Okay, I've checked all these things. What's this telling me? Mm -hmm. What's this guy all about? How yeah. do I feel about it? Because I see complaints. I still read every complaint review we get. I have no life. So here we go. <laughs> but I see them and they go, I should have done it. It's like, you said it, you got it. Magic words. Yeah. You knew it. Right. You knew it was wrong. Uh, so, okay, let's address the elephant in the room. A lot of people, and, you know, whenever I do stories or I might post something online about the BBB, they say, oh, well, they're never going to, you know, say anything bad about this business because they're a member. All it is is if a business pays to be part of the Better Business Bureau, mm -hmm. then they're not going to get a bad rating. True? No. False? Well, not with us. Um, across the United States, there are BBB chapters that probably put overemphasis on their large members. Mm -hmm. I don't. And I know there are some that don't as well. Um, the reality is they sometimes justify in their own brains. Well, it's a big company. It's going to get a lot of complaints. Oh, yeah, we hear uh, that, right? Like in proportion to how many customers they yeah, have. Yeah, and, yeah. And see, and, I, and I'll make a reverse argument. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a... a, 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 a I challenge that because if you're that big, you should have mechanisms in place to stop from getting the complaints. Mm -hmm. Let's forget about solving them. That's a given. You're going to have to do that. But why are you still getting the pattern? So I'm dealing right now with some very large companies in Houston that uh, habitually have been picking up stuff. We've been meeting with them. Um, we just parted with a, a, two different major energy retailers because they, they bought up companies that had bad ratings. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, they didn't ask our permission. They're not going to do that. They don't care. Uh, but they got kicked out. They and got then, kicked out of the Better Business they, they Bureau. Were, they were revoked. We, revocation of membership is like the uh, – it's excommunication. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's the big thing. It's basically a business has paid to be a member because they want that seal. They mm -hmm. want to be able to say, we're accredited, we're a member of the Better Business Bureau. And then – how do they get kicked out? Well, and to, just to be fair, it's not just that Dan woke up one day feeling cranky and kicked you out. It's a peer process. Uh -huh. it, we are we at staff come in and make sure. It's almost like I, re, I refer to it as the grand jury. Mm -hmm. We're, staff's the prosecutors. The membership committee of our board, the name's a little little bit of a misnomer because it implies they get members. Actually, they're the tribunal. Uh -huh. They set the standards and look at them. They're the grand jury. They look at our evidence and go, up, no, maybe, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then even then, when there are decisions made, it either goes to the executive committee or the board. So it's a double process. It's a control process. And generally, they're going to agree with the membership committee. Not all the time, but generally, they'll agree. And you're kicked out or you're kept or you're under some, some like probationary thing. We're watching you uh -huh. to see how your your thing goes. So it is a, it's not, it's not us that, that, that got you. It's your peers that and, and so, yeah, and so basically, though, you're looking at maybe complaints from consumers, 
how the business is addressing or if they're actually answering those complaints? I, I, I'd say the operative big word is pattern. Okay. I'm looking for, I mean, some companies are going to get complaints. We mm -hmm. know it. Um, again, members, you're, you're, you're responsible for taking care of them or, or being responsible in your answer. So that's a given. We're already watching that. I'm looking for why are you picking up, and this has been a lot of post-pandemic. There's something going, I actually did a little thing on our BBB newsletter to our members. I said, maybe you should be fired before you're hired. And that was a provocative headline. But what I was trying to say is, I get it. You're trying to get all the business you can get. There are truly supply chain issues. We know that. There's truly labor and hiring issues. We know that. There's truly economic factors that make business harder. We know that. It's called communication. If you're a pool contractor, and okay, I can't get gunite, or I can't get cement, or I can't get rebar, or I can't get a crew, I get it. But when you don't talk to your customer, mm -hmm. they're thinking that the magic two words, pool fraud. Right. Pool fraud or they filed for bankruptcy and they haven't yeah. told me. Right. Yeah. Well, and again, that's and that's even going further. You file for bankruptcy or you're not paying subs. Well, suddenly we just went to a way accelerated area. Uh, the automobile market. Mm -hmm. OK, it, it, it's it's their world right now. Mm -hmm. Cars are hard to get. Yeah. I mean, you're getting away. Well, I can't, can't deliver to you. I got the chips in the car. There's right now, as we speak, 40 to 50,000 cars at one manufacturer. I think it's Ford sitting waiting. that's right yeah waiting. yeah and the dealerships dealerships can't really do you anything know, most about of the time that. when you see a car, a car on a dealership it's been sold mm -hmm. now we hear this may come around in the first of the year chips are starting to come back and and some of the tactics that have been going on like for example uh going over msrp uh -huh. the factories are not approving that. right the factories are like you will sell the car you get your profit we understand that but uh, market adjustment. Market adjustment is for Bugattis yeah, <laughs> and cars right. that you really have. It's not for your everyday $22,000 car. Right. So when they're doing that, that's great. But it's kind of like if you don't like it, there's a line of people that will do it. And it's not illegal. But again, the manufacturer of the vehicles that are supplying them with the vehicles right. don't want them to do that. Amy, I'm going to make you a prediction. It would probably be January, first of the year. When things get better, you're going to see some car dealerships with mm -hmm. new names. Oh, yeah. Because they will have lost their franchises. Wow. I think the manufacturers are not happy with some of the stuff going on. Right. At all. And so if I'm a consumer, I'm filing a complaint with the BBB, but I'm somehow letting the Fords or the GMs uh -huh. or, you know, letting the corporate office know that yeah. this local dealership well, did this or as, is trying to charge me this amount as bad as you're being treated and, and all the stuff they're still giving you the survey go well give us a 10 on the survey right. I, yeah. i'd like to give you something right. well, well we'll give them a one and yeah. go back so the factory knows that hey i was treated this way and right now like car dealers with us it's always it's a roller coaster yeah right now we're at the real bottom of our roller coaster a lot of them are out a lot of them have gone bad some big dealer groups It'll swing, mm -hmm. and they'll come back at us, too, going, oh, okay, suddenly it's now the consumer market again. Oh, we need to be your friend. Okay, we got some stuff to talk about for right. the last three years. So let's talk about this. We're going to take a break in a few minutes, but before we get there, let's talk about what happens when a consumer can't resolve an issue with a business, and so then I'm going online, I'm making reviews, and then I file a complaint with the BBB. So because there's a specific protocol of what you do right. when I go on your website and file a complaint, what is that process? Will I expect to hear back from you? Yes, yes. And I think, by the way, we should be the second step. The first step is, and this may sound stupid, 
a business has a reasonable right to know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and especially with big companies, 800 numbers, you know, uh, call center hell, some consumers just give up and go, I'm just going right to the beer. You still ought to try to reach the owner uh, uh, if you can. Yeah. But when that fails, you come to us, you file. Uh, we're headquarters centric. So for many consumers, your complaint really isn't our BBB. It's going to be somewhere else. Uh-huh. And hope it's a BBB that takes it seriously. If it comes to our office, um, the complaint is reviewed. We mm-hmm. make sure. Is it a buyer-seller issue? It's not a review that should be over in another silo. Uh-huh. You're seeking something. You're seeking a resolution, money, whatever. And when it's processed, it's uh, usually done by email. If mm-hmm. we have all those addresses. on the, If not, we may get a snail, but generally email. And what we ask the company, we don't tell the company, you must do this. We're not we're not in the we're not judges. Mm-hmm. We want an answer. Can you talk to your customer? We're trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. Now, if the firm is one of our accredited businesses, what we call members, okay, we're looking with a much heavier filter because they're held to a higher standard. So we're looking at that, and they could still be right, but explain why you are. So uh-huh. there's this give and take that goes back. What are we looking for at the end of the day? Resolved. Right. Where the consumer has said, "I'm happy," and the company's like. Yeah, they're happy. Yeah. A lot of our complaints, Amy, this is frustrating. We'll process it. The company comes back with a, we're going to take care of it. We're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And we never hear back from the consumer. Right. And it's like, well, okay. Um, that's kind of rude. Because uh, you guys do follow up and say, was this resolved? Yeah, and sometimes we actually even try, and we, uh-huh. don't, we don't hear back. Yeah. So that I would call that part of society. <laughs> they just, you know, they're not going to, they, they did their thing, they got it fixed, they're moving on. Yeah, And but what is unfortunate for that is all of that information that is compiled with the Better Business Bureau is good is a good resource for other consumers. Right. So if the business comes back and says resolved, one, maybe it actually wasn't resolved to the customer yes. satisfaction. And if the customer doesn't tell you, it just goes in the record as they resolved it, they fixed it. See, Amy, what you're doing right now is something that we, I wish all consumers could do, but they don't mm-hmm. think like you. You're taking our reports and you're drilling down to every little facet of it. That's really, really good. I don't know whether people don't have time or they, or I don't know, but they need to do that. Well, it's like the headlines, right? The people who just read the yeah. headlines, like most of us, like we're skimming, we read the headline, we think we've got the whole story and we move on. So I, I can tell, tell you the last person I've talked to who's done an analysis of complaints. That is unusual. Okay, well, a couple other things. How long have they been in business? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an issue. How long have they been with us? member or non-member how long we got we got a file uh-huh. if, if you when people call us uh it was a contractor and you guys had no report at all that ain't good right that, that means why that means you're either brand new or you've been off the radar for i mean how, how that's impossible yeah so that would make i would be very nervous about a company like that. even if i one that's been in business five years has two resolved complaints you got a history you know what you yeah. to do Right. I feel better with that one than the one we have nothing on. Right. you got to have some information. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we kind of want to explain the when you go on the BBB and checking out a business, because you should do this before you do business with any major company, and you're looking at those letter grades. We're going to talk about what all that means when we come right back. Welcome back. I'm joined today with Dan Parsons of the Better Business Bureau of Greater Houston. And he's sort of giving us all the inside information, everything you ever wanted to know about how it works when you file a complaint with the BBB. 
But also, I think a lot of people, when we left off, you were talking about people not getting the full story, not going past just the headline of something. So if I go to the Better Business Bureau website and I want to check out a company, I see a letter grade, I see some reviews, I see complaints. What should I be looking at? All right. If you want to do the cheap version, and we're we're going against this, but okay, if you want to do the cheap version, the letter grade's important. You Mm -hmm. want to see, I'll be honest, you want to see, not like school, C's are not good. Yeah. Even B's are like, you want to see A's and A pluses. Okay. And on the on the uh, numeric grade for ratings, you want to see, you know, closer to five or four and a half. You want to, that's what you want to see. Now, there may be some reasons with certain companies that those, especially the, the uh, rating, might be lower. It may be a company that gets just, they get a lot of negative reviews, uh-huh. but they're in theory okay. So that's when you have to start digging deeper. What's the nature of the business? How long have they been around? Read some of them. Uh-huh. Especially if you haven't done business with them. Like, don't forget, a lot of the, with the big companies, people are going to look at the reports to validate what they've already run into. Uh-huh. It's like, I got a problem. Because oh, they yep, didn't there it check is. it first. Yep, there it yeah. is. I just saw it. Um, an, um, F rating. Uh-huh. I'm going to just say it right here. Walk, don't, don't walk. Run. Right. D- Why D- would you continue? Fs, yeah. Run. Just yeah. run away. Right. Just, just don't try to sell yourself. It's not good. Um, when you get a combination of that and a, well, and a, and a low um, uh, rating, uh, numerical rating, need I say more? Um, I still think, and you mentioned it uh, uh, earlier, the more you look at the report and compare other things, the better off you're educated. Uh-huh. You see how long a company's been in business. You see who the ownership is. That the guy I'm talking, gal I'm talking to. Uh-huh. You know, is this the address I'm walking into? You know, people do. They have all these resources but they do a limited homework. Right. So they need to dig a little bit deeper in some of this stuff. Okay, so if I'm a member of the BBB, do I get an automatic A? Probably. Let me explain why. The The whole ratings thing is an algorithm, and it's mm-hmm. based on a number of things. Membership only accounts for a couple of points. Okay. So you really have to be – so we have, like, uh, you have to be in business three years. So we have members that have A minuses. Okay. They're fine. They're just still relatively new. And by the way, um, I'm editorially, I don't like that. I know many of these companies were created out of something else mm-hmm. that has been around for years. Right. And they're being artificially punished. So I don't really agree with our stance on that, but it's like it's here to, it's what we have to all do. Um, sometimes you'll see an A, uh-huh. a flat A. Right. Uh, what you don't want to see, Amy, is one of those ratings, and it's based on complaint volume. Okay. Or problems. Even if it's a member, that worries me. Okay. That means we already know something's developing, and we've got to get on it and stop it. So most members are going to get an A+. Plus. Okay. Okay. Um, you said something earlier. I want to be, be clear. It's not just paying the dues. Okay. Uh, the dues support the Bureau. as It's a, like a processing fee. You're still going through all the standards. And we have some, a fair number of non-members who have A pluses. Okay. They have filled out our annual questionnaire about their company. They either don't they don't have complaint issues. They don't have bad ratings issues. They they meet the standards. So then let's talk about that. So um, a, a BBB or somebody who um, doesn't pay the dues to be a BBB member because some businesses say, oh my gosh, you know we can't afford that. Right, right. But you send companies questionnaires if they wish, if they would, yeah, to right. fill out. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a member of the BBB and you don't fill that out, then obviously there's not much information to share about that. We'll have you on probably a no-rated report unless, well, that's assuming you don't get complaints. Okay. If you get complaints, I mean, there's there's really three things that, 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 that bring you to a, to a report. Accredited businesses, complaint history, 
or we're investigating something or we're looking at something. If you're just sitting there doing your thing, mm-hmm. you don't have any any complaints. We have an annual questionnaire, which again, a lot of companies, they're not gonna take time to fill it out. But if they did and they did all that, they could in theory have an A plus. Okay. Now what I would tell consumers is when you're looking on our site, mm-hmm. A plus, but you're not seeing that accredited logo. So what's the story? It's good. Mm-hmm. I just can't back it as strong as I can back my member. Right. Okay. Chances are you're okay. So I don't want to confuse it, but it's like you have to make that decision. Okay, so members have gone bad. When businesses oh, yeah. when businesses go bad, when they're accredited, they're part of the BBB, I mean, there's also a system, we talked at the very beginning, of them losing their membership. The la- Amy, the last two, three years have been a record for us. We have revoked monthly. Our membership committee has been meeting on a monthly basis. Um, okay, two months ago, we revoked Reliant Energy. Wow. A 40-year member of the Bureau. Uh, And not really because of problems with their company, Mm -hmm. problems with companies that their parent had bought Uh that were part of them that had bad ratings. Now, that said, here a few months later, with all the problems electric providers are getting, guess what? They're starting to walk into the the complaint trap now, uh, and I expect we'll see more of it. But that was one our board, we struggled with it because it was like, at the moment we were looking at them, you know, guys, you're doing door-to-door selling of retail energy, which has, it's, it's just, it's, it, you're in Sam's Club. People are shopping and you're standing there hustling electricity. And it's confusing the consumers it's, and there's a whole lot of opportunities for things to go wrong yeah. or be miscommunicated. I, I mean, I keep joking to people, if at 9 o'clock at night somebody was knocking on my door, excuse me, pounding on my door, and then said that, I'm sorry, I'm with your light company, and that's, that's going on around the United States in deregulated markets, and we're seeing it come back to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, Vroom, the auto people, that was, that was the beginning of the pandemic. We were uh-huh. with them. And it never got better. Right. I mean, it went downhill and continues to go. Now you've got a Texas AG suit. So most of the ones we revoked, we feel kind of, how do I say, self-satisfied that, guess what? Mm-hmm. We were right. There was something there. And, and by, by the way, some of them... We've started the process. Uh-huh. We've had meetings with them. We've tried to understand, um, and maybe we, they've saved it. They've, they've got fixed it around. Mm-hmm. Others, we've met with them, started the revocation, let them in, let her let them back, and then six months later, guess what? It went south again. It's a weird time. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that has stayed consistent that you guys have always done that I was sort of um, thought was fascinating is that you guys, it's, it's not just consumers who file complaints and letting the consumer side and the business side taking them both in and making decisions. You guys also meet monthly with law enforcement agencies. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain this and then I have to kill you. Uh, we, <laughs> we, have a, we have a coalition. It's got a real, real, real not, uh, obscure name. It's called the Greater Houston Consumer Protection Group. It's a, it's a coalition of state, local, federal regulators. Mm-hmm. It, it's the people that handle fraud from the DA to the attorney general, the U.S. attorney, the FBI, the C, all these government. And basically, it's a clearinghouse. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll have the attorney general sitting in the room going, well, we're looking about filing a suit on so-and-so. And suddenly, the FBI goes, well, well, well we've heard of we them. We just arrested them. Yeah. Ah, okay, you guys ain't talking. So good, go talk. Uh-huh. And we eliminate duplication. Plus, we... We do a little bit of preaching like, hey, can somebody look at this area? Can we do something on this? Uh-huh. Um, and this group, Amy, has been meeting for 50 years. Wow. It's not new. We've been uh-huh. doing it for a long time. Um, it's fairly confidential, but we get, um, we see action being done. Don't forget, at the end of the day, we're, we're the original anti-regulators. Mm-hmm. It's business self-regulation. So government doesn't has to, have to do it. So this is where it's failed. 
Uh-huh. This is where it's gone beyond us, beyond the media, beyond social media mm-hmm. to, okay, the government's going to have to do something because nobody else will. Right. And so I've asked to go to those meetings. I never get invited. I can't imagine <laughs> why. Uh, and you would have a field day. But, uh, but what is interesting is so I, can, I could call Dan, I could call the Better Business Bureau and say, hey, we're getting a lot of complaints about this. You can tell me, oh, yep. we've had this many complaints, we've communicated with this business, or we haven't. And there have been times where you've said, we're having our meeting coming up, I'll yep. bring this up and see what other agencies well, have heard about. And in fairness, some of the people in that group are ones you've interviewed. Uh-huh, <laughs> so right. they're, they're the ones yeah. on your beat uh, yeah. for consumerism. And so it's kind of good to know in the meeting that, hey, this state, this this reporter, investigative reporter is looking at this good. You know, they, they may want it on their terms, but it's like there's another set of eyes and ears to move forward. Right. So they're... There, I don't want to say they're all uh, in love with the media, but they understand it's a partner to what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and certainly we appreciate that. Okay, so we've gotten a lot of great information. But before we go, I just want to let people know about the ways that they can interact with, use the Better Business Bureau, because it's not just businesses. You have a whole charity aspect of it that sort of yeah. only gets touted or brought up like one time a year, usually when people are giving. End of year giving is yeah. when you guys usually tell yeah. people that you grade, rate, or review you know, charities. Amy, when people ask, well, why do you do that? Isn't that the IRS? And I'm like, huh, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, the IRS gives you a thing that says you're a charity, go save the world. Um, we ask a lot of nosy questions. We really do. Um, our biggest competitor is Charity Navigator. Uh-huh. And I'll be honest, we're not real crazy about them. Mm-hmm. They, they, they want to see money in the bank. Uh-huh. Lots of money in the bank. Okay. And that's not a bad goal. But the problem is charities go through just like businesses up mm-hmm. and down. We have 20 standards. I'm going to tell you right now, any legitimate charity that has due process, uh, there's basically two things we're looking for. We do want to see most of the money going to the mission. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we want to see governance. We want to see oversight. We want to see that there's a board, there's a policy, there's a privacy issue, there's diversity. You, you are governing your charity uh-huh. properly. I'm not talking about the kid with the lemonade stand. I'm not worried about that. Right. I'm, I'm talking about the big organization that gets status from the Internal Revenue Service that none of us get. Uh-huh. And so we ask some pretty nosy stuff. Um, and charities, I'm going to say this, are businesses. Because if you're not running with like one, you ain't going to be around long. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's like a pie. Yeah. Do you, do you know how many charities use the word cancer in their name, or use the word, or or pet or animal driven? Uh huh. Dozens. Right. And, and so the pie gets cut very thin. So we're basically looking: Are you meeting those two things? Okay. So when you give at the end of the year, it's another great resource to say, hey, you know, with this agency, how much are they paying their right. their employees, how much is actually going to the mission. It's a good place to check. The other thing that's not really new, but maybe new, maybe a lot of people don't know about it, is Scam Tracker. Scam Tracker was created a few years ago, and our national group, I don't I don't applaud them on a lot of the things they come up with, but this was a good one. Um, it was literally a chance for people to come out. And by the way, it's very heavily edited. We look at it closely. Now, sometimes people go to the convenience store, have a bad experience, and go, that's a scam. <laughs> No. Yeah. Um, it may not have been a good business, actually. That needs to go to our complaint side, right? But we're looking for just downright fraud. We're mm-hmm. looking for, you know, you're, you're, you're a crook. And we vet it, and we have little dots. Uh-huh. Uh, there's actually, it, it takes a full-time employee yeah. to monitor that across the country. So it has become a big um, 
avenue for spotting like where where scams are appearing and who's behind them. Right. Very cool. And then obviously people know about complaints. They can file a complaint with the BBB if they're looking for your assistance in getting their complaint resolved. You just said it beautifully. There's complaints and reviews. Complaints are when you're seeking action. Uh I'm seeking money, resolution. uh, I'm seeking something tangible. Reviews are I just want to give my opinion. Okay. And we and, and they blend. Mm-hmm. When we look at them, sometimes we're like, that's really not a review. You're seeking something. You need to file it over here. Or we'll get a review that goes, uh, you know, I need this. Well, well it's a complaint. Uh-huh. So we have to sometimes help them out to find the right silo. But you can read both of them when mm-hmm. you go to the Better Business Bureau website. And you should read both because sometimes they're different things. Mm-hmm. You know, like like is, there's an expression, so the customer always right. No and hell no. Um, but they are the customer. Like hospitality. Uh-huh. Those ones that crack us up. Because your experience with food is your experience with food. Right. Um, and restaurants, some of them are just super smooth and how they handle Others ignore us. They just ignore us. Yeah. I can tell they tore up through the garbage. And okay. and what that does to the to the response rate, I mean, you guys, they're going to get dinged for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, an unanswered complaint on a business that we don't have any information on that's probably small would send them to an immediate D minus. Yeah. To not send good. them to an F. Right. And that's ridiculous. Because you just like them acknowledging the complaint, here's what actually happened, yeah. or we didn't know about this. Well, Thanks for know, letting us know. I, I see the inbound complaints, and I'm flag certain ones that I want to see what the answer comes back. Because sometimes it's interesting. It's like, I'm, oh, that was bad. Or if it's one of our members, I get very worried. And then I see it come back. It's like, okay, well, that wasn't what we heard. Right. <laughs> okay. And when the consumer doesn't come back to argue it, it's like, well, you didn't quite tell me the full right. story. All right, Dan, I appreciate you coming in Thank and sort you. of giving us all the background. Um, we hope that the BBB has another 100 years We're in We're Houston. Trying. I mean, out of... Like 99 Better Business Bureaus yeah. across the nation. And real quick, I'm like, oh, we're done. Except I just wanted to say, so if I file a complaint with the Houston Better Business Bureau, but it turns out that that business is headquartered in another city, you guys get it where it needs to be. The zip code you put in for the company, or if you don't do it, we can fly, is what determines it. Okay. So if you're, comp- if you're complaining against, like, one of the biggest in the country, uh, United Airlines, uh-huh. it's going to be Chicago. Yeah. Automatically. You can send it to us, but we're going to, we know that's where they're based. If your complaint is on Vroom and you're filing the Chicago BBB, it's coming to us. Okay. They know it's us. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for coming in. We hope that you guys learned a little bit today. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Ask Amy.